Toronto's new alternative, Indy 88. It's Lana. I'm not sure if you're doing the dry January thing, but apparently it has more credit card benefits oh, sorry. than you thought. We didn't need to hear that. Um, I kind of love that backbeat on that song. But uh, anyway, sorry. Scarborough Dude, back at you with yet another Dixon Chains podcast. This would be episode number 931. I am determined to reach 1,000. And uh, a voice says, please, please, please stop there. Stop it. Do some writing instead. But uh, we'll see what happens a year or so from now. Yeah. I'm parked outside of Niji. I'm here to pick up our uh, supper, although it's um, late afternoon. Uh, There are lunch specials that we like to get. And another favorite dish of my son's. And since today is his birthday... Uh, that's how we're doing it. My poor wife has been working overtime almost every day for the past week or a couple of weeks. Just lots to do. And um, as the people she works with get more cognitive difficulties, um, the work just gets a little harder. So uh, anyway, we'll park that. Um, what's to say? Oh, my God. There is always so much to say. Um, I don't have any notes. I just thought I'm a little early for the pickup, and I would use this time to, uh, you know, catch up, get started. Um, do I have notes? Do I have notes? Uh, no, but I did book my first camping trip for, um, well, the new season. That's not till May. May 5th to 8th at McGregor Provincial Park. It's a lovely spot. It is a road trek gathering. And as soon as somebody put it down, I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of like those. I'm, I'm, I keep a distance. You know, you got your own campsite. Somebody posted today, oh, why don't we get a site like in a big field where we can all be together? And my answer is, no, thank you. No, no, I don't want that. I know this person and they mean well. But that's not my style. I like to be able to go back to my place. There will be a communal fire each night, and you can sort of bring a log along and join in and sit around. And sometimes those work well if you're sitting near somebody you want to talk to. And sometimes you get squeezed in between people who just... Maybe I'm better off back home. And, of course, I always... I think I'm the only one who gets high at these gatherings, so... uh, I can make it more fun for myself, but uh, never by sharing a talk with anyone. And that's okay. That's okay. Um, They're generally a very nice, responsible group of people. I've got to know a few of them, a few of the women in particular, um, over the years. And um, it's kind of nice. So I'm happy about that. I booked my ticket to Vancouver in March as well. I don't know if I told you that last time. Happy about that. I'll get to go and uh, visit my son and uh, Barnacle Bill and uh, Deb and Brent out in nor- on the North Shore and uh, see some of my old friends and visit some of my favorite bars like Malone's uh, in the downtown core. And, of course, I'll do my annual pilgrimage probably to uh, Main Street and uh, oh Hastings East, which is just so sad and depressing. This is where all the people are. Dying in the streets, drug overdoses, homelessness, uh, just tragic, tragic stories. And uh, yet I feel the need to 
somehow walk along there and be reminded maybe of just uh, the shame of Canada's, you know, this is not a policing issue. This is a mental health issue, and uh, we need more resources there, as we do in Toronto. Oh, my God. So much to complain about. Uh, least of all, I think, is Jordan Peterson. Of course, he continues to make the news. And the usual chorus chimes in, you know, yeah, let's all beat up on Jordan Peterson. And again, I, I'm not not even trying to defend the man. I'm just saying, I just don't like this flavor of the month, you know. All right, this is the guy who's who's wrong because he doesn't like this or doesn't like that or refused to do this or refuses to use the proper pronouns, etc., etc. And, uh, <laughs> sorry I brought him up, but it's just that I'm reminded constantly. By the way, a podcast I listen to and I just so highly recommend is Canada Land, and uh, that is... Uh, Gosh, of course, immediately forget it. Jesse, Jesse Brown. Is it Jesse? I think so. Um, anyway, he takes on lots of issues. Um, the, the issue that I think is worthy of note, maybe I can find it here, is Trudeau's about face regarding the purchase of, I believe they are F-35s. F-35s. Let's, let me hear. I'll just type that into my... Uh, yeah, here we are. Canada has signed off, if you don't mind. Canada has signed off on the final contract to buy F-35 jet fighters to replace the Air Force's aging CF-18s. Uh, Defence Minister, uh, Minister Anita Anand said Monday. Now, the previous government, the Harper government, was buying these and Trudeau pledged, no, we don't need them. These are first strike capability jets. This is not in line with Canada's peacekeeping missions, etc., etc., anyway. And then just coincidentally, a day or two before meeting with uh, President Biden for the Three Amigos Summit, along with the Mexican uh, president, um, announced that they are committed to buying not the lower number that Harper is going to buy, but the newer number, bigger number, 88 of them. Uh, now, apparently these are better than the ones that would have been bought under the Harper regime, uh, because the, there have been improvements in the technology, which was one of the reasons the government didn't want to commit to them. But it's just, you know, here, I'll, I'll keep reading. Final agreement for 88 warplanes involving the can can Canadian and U.S. governments and the jets manufacturer won't see its first delivery until 2026. And the first F-35 squadrons will not be operational until 2029. I may not be alive to see that. Um, senior defense officials said doing a technical briefing before the minister's announcement. Now, what was interesting about the Jesse Brown uh, Canada Land podcast was exposing the fact that these were supposed to be technical briefings with people talking about the, the capabilities, why they were getting them, how much they were paying, what their uses were, the features, and so on. But he said, no, it turned really into more of a political uh, briefing about why we're doing the right thing now to get these things. In other words, he called the government on it. Uh, the proje project's budget of $19 billion remains the same as originally forecast by the global government when it was signed for purchase last year. Okay, that's all I got on that one. Um, but it, it just seems a shame. You, you know the pressure's on for our role in NATO. We can't continue to be... Defended. I'm using air quotes here by United States, if we're not going to pull our weight. And if America says, hey, they need more weapons in Ukraine, it's your turn, uh, we will step up. And, of course, we're, we're engaged in that fight, and, and for good reasons. I, I am not against Canada supporting the Ukrainians in the war against Russia. But the, uh, the F-35 seem, like, maybe if they'd got half that number... Um, and put more into protecting the north, our northern regions, in terms of uh, ships, icebreakers, search and rescue planes, you know, helicopters, planes that can fly in the north, all those things instead of fighter jets, uh, I'd be a lot happier. And so even though I'm a defender of a liberal, Trudeau liberal government, I'm not entirely happy about this, and I know, you know, real politics says, hey, get serious. 
Um, Canada, you're going to do what? America wants you to do. Uh, and in keeping with your so-called beliefs. Well, not so-called. They are our beliefs in the NATO alliance. So I'm not putting all the blame on America. I'm just saying, hey, this is real politics. You know, you want to you want to play in on this side, then do your part. So, okay. All right. We'll leave it at that. It's about time for me to go and pick up my food. So I think I'm going to do that right now. And uh, just keep this a um, kind of a, a short intro clip to the uh, the podcast that uh, I won't put out till next week, till after I have met my friends at the Only Cafe on Saturday, which I'm kind of looking forward to. Scarborough Dude signing out from outside Niji. That would be the corner of uh, uh, Mid- well, it's on Midland near, uh, what's the street? Ellesmere, Midland and Ellesmere, in case you're looking for some very good Japanese food at a reasonable price. Scarborough Dude signing out. Bye for now. Sorry. Oh, 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 oh. All right, we got it, we got it, we got it, we got it. Hang on. And we're back. Um, I'm not sure where we're going to go with this clip, so uh, bear with me. Um, I've made notes. I have a couple of topics I wanted to get to. Uh, one of them is very upsetting, and I'm I'm not sure how I'm going to deal with it. There's a news story. You know, I mean, Toronto's a big city. You get stories of violence kidnappings, shootings, stabbings, um, all the more upsetting when it's uh, younger kids. Well, this story has been going around since December um, of eight girls who are now in custody. I think one is out on bail. Teenage girls, I think there were a couple of 13-year-olds, a couple of 14-year-olds. What do we got here? Uh, Three 13-year-olds, three 14-year-olds, and two 16-year-old girls. Out on the streets of Toronto, um, and the main story is they killed a man. There was a couple of people, you know, some people live on the streets in Toronto. Uh, there was a woman with a bottle of liquor, and there was another man defending her, and these girls wanted the liquor, and they beat up the man, and he died. 59-year-old man, temporarily homeless. So, I mean, this is just just a bloody awful story. I mean, teenage girls are like, what are they doing Late at night on the streets, you know, a week before Christmas, um, getting into serious trouble. Uh, they did a little research. The police have found out they, they're not all from the same area or school. They met, it seems they met online. We don't know what the plan was. And um, they met through social media. And nobody knows why or what. But then they they did a little more research and found out, gee, there were stories from the subway, the TTC, of at least maybe six subway stops where people were assaulted, beaten up. And it would appear it was this same gang of girls just out angry and looking for trouble. And, and man, that's, that's, just, that's just bizarre and not not a good thing anywhere. I mean, these girls, their lives are ruined. I mean, this is this was, you know, second-degree murder. Um. So I was going to do a little more research and find out, you know, to to do a take. It's sort of like last podcast I talked about all the emphasis on the poor lone police officer killed on his first official day independent of the OPP officer, and uh, but nothing about the two people who killed him. And still they haven't shown up in the news. And I think, well, there's a story there too, an important story. And now I'm thinking, there's got to be a story about these girls. Like, well, what led them to this? What what was it? I'm I'm thinking right away. I'm thinking poverty. I'm thinking dysfunctional homes. So I Google, you know, girls murder Toronto or something like that. I don't know. And I was very shocked to find the very first story that came up loud in in my online search was Fox News. Fox News. Hey, I'm in Canada. I'm in Toronto. Why is this top? And it was like big banner headlines and so on, uh, giving all the story. Like that That was the top search. And then I made the mistake of reading some of the comments. And I realized what, what sort of comes with Fox News 
It is the nastiest, the ugliest of people. Oh, my God. I, I was shocked. As disturbed by the postings I saw as it was about the incident itself of these girls roaming the streets and, and killing somebody. Uh, racist to the court. Now, in Canada, the law is, you know, anybody who's a, a young offender, I think under the age of 18, you cannot identify them. I think 18 is cutoff age. And it's sort of the idea, I guess, to give them a second chance in life and so on. Um, I, I'm not sure about that rule. I mean, I'm sure there is a right answer and somebody will correct me if I say, well, why not? I mean, I want, I want to know who the parents are. I want to know who's responsible. Why, what, what's the background here? Well, I guess social workers are working on that. Although in here in Toronto, we just had, no, no, the problem is you just need more police on the beat. Uh, I don't think that would help things necessarily, but, uh, anyway, that was the answer rather than going into those homes and spending the time and the resource to find out what's going on. Or, you know, is there any hope of, of changing this person's life path? Um, but the responses on Fox, in response to this Fox News story, I guess in somehow in, in, in print media, uh, well, online, were just absolutely wicked. And first of all, the assumption was, of course, they all have to be black. Now, they, they coded it. There was another way of saying that, but it was very clear this was the essence of the story. Those people, that's what they did. And I, I'm not even going to, I'm certainly not going to quote anything. But up until that point, I did not have a picture in my mind of who the girls were. I can say that in all honesty. I didn't come to that conclusion. I just, I don't know who they are. Who are these girls? And I, I'm, I don't have this picture, but it certainly wasn't that they were. And now after that posting, I think, oh, well, gosh, could that have been, is that a factor? Is that what's going to come out? And of course, the story was, no, that's what the story is about. This is what black people do. It, it, very, very disturbing that this was central and, and it was stated with such hatred and venom, uh, Wow. And this is across the border. And of course, a lot of condemnation for the Canadian system and, uh, you know, comments of anti-Trudeau remarks and everybody jumping in on something, you know, uh, who says we don't have violence up here, et cetera, et cetera. But there was one comment, one story that somebody had posted that gave me a little hope. In a way, and it's it's on a point that I've made in the past. Uh, it reads: Father deprivation is a more reliable predictor of criminal activity than race, environment, or poverty. And then it goes on. Uh, and this I'll tell you right now. This is a study of the National Fatherhood Initiative and the USA U.S. Bureau of Census and uh, the FBI and so on. So there's, this was a study that was done, and maybe there's some reliability to these statistics. Father-deprived children are 72% of all teenage murderers. Um, you know what father-deprived means, right? There is nobody in that picture. 60% of rapists. 70% of kids incarcerated, these are kids without fathers, twice as likely to quit school, 11 times more likely to be violent, three out of four teenage suicides, again, father-deprived, 80% of the adolescents in psychiatric hospitals, and 90% of runaways. Now, that is just so tragic. And even if those figures were exaggerated slightly, it is all pointing in the direction that I've talked about. Where are the fathers in any of these things? You know, this isn't, this would just happen to be somebody posted it. And it's not talking about male or just female or anything else. It's just here is a factor without fathers and without maybe the stability of a family, without support, without somebody for advice. I don't know. It, it just, it's so sad. It's so sad. And it's just not a question of more police. It is more people in schools, more support, more lunches, more people looking into poverty, 
all of those things play a role. And uh, I don't see that we're going in that direction. And we certainly aren't with the provincial uh, conservative government here in Ontario. Uh, it's just not, not, not where we're headed. And that's sad. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just going to park that. I think we already talked about the F-35s. That money could have been put towards social workers. I'm going to jump a whole new topic here just to lighten things up. What do you think? Should we change topics? Okay. All right. All right. Tweety, Tweety says for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. You'll know. Uh, yes. I'm not going to talk about that anymore. Uh, okay. All right, new topic. This is the show I've been watching. I've been watching like every week. I'm just, I guess maybe it comes with winter. I'm watching an awful lot of uh, things on Prime Video and uh, Netflix and uh, Turner Classic Movies. This one's called 112263, which, of course, you all know is the date of the Kennedy assassination. Oh, my God, what a rabbit hole. But I'll circle back to that. Um, this is a series, I think it's eight parts. I've just, my son and I just watched number seven. I'm going to go finish it off later today of a a man going back in time to prevent the Kennedy assassination. It's based on a Stephen King novel. So, you know, it's got, it's going to be well constructed, and it's a very, very neat storyline. And, of course, it all focuses, all we have to do is just get to Oswald, find out if Oswald's the guy, after all, and kill Oswald and stop this whole thing from happening. And, of course, it just goes into you can't mess with time, the complexities, falling in love, uh, random events that, you know, you, you just don't mess with time. And it's it's really fun. Now, for me, I told my son, the reason I'm watching is because of the cars. Oh, my God. You're going from 63 backwards in vehicles, brightly colored. The things are the great big fins from 1960-61. It's amazing for the cars alone. But there's also the music, the early rock and roll before Beatles, right? Uh, it is so much fun listening to that and, and seeing people dancing in the high school scenes and the kids. It's it, just for the time machine part itself, going back to 1960, 63. Wow, that's a trip. Uh, so loving it for that. But then just the the complexity of the plot and the fun of of doing it. And so no giveaways here at all. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people haven't watched it yet, but I do highly recommend uh, 11-22-63. Um, and that took me to do, oh, well, let's see. Okay, well, I didn't know. Oh, yeah, this guy also was supposed to have shot, you know, before Kennedy. Let's do his show. Oh, yeah, there's a real story. Then, I, Well, let's look up Oswald's wife. Let's look up this. And, oh, my God, I would love to actually just sit in a bar the few beer and hang out with a few friends, uh, friends who probably listen to this podcast and talk about, you know, who killed Kennedy. Um, because I'm, I'm seriously, I would say, yeah, I was convinced absolutely, of course, Oswald, but wasn't necessarily convinced he was the lone shooter. Now I'm not even convinced it was Oswald. And it's not to do with this particular movie uh, or series although that's certainly making me open my mind to other possibilities because of the the weirdness. There is reference to a CIA plot to plant agents in Russia, you know, and, and of course Oswald, as you know, was over there and, and um, what do you call it, um, turned his back on his own country and, and so on. And then anyway, was admitted and welcomed back into the States. And you think, okay, well, that in itself is suspicious. Um, I'm leaning towards um, Americans murdering him as CIA involvement. I, I, you know, now I I would never even think of touching for conspiracy plots uh, 9-11. I won't go there. No, we know the answers. We know the story. Never mind all this other stuff. So I refuse. I'm not somebody who's crazy about conspiracies. But for the Kennedy assassination, for the murkiness of it, for all the conflicting stories, uh, wow, I, I don't think the sole answer is out there. 
at all. And I do think it's very interesting. And I've read it before in relation probably to the Beats. And I'll read it in relation to uh, why the CIA would have any interest. In a farewell speech given by U.S. President Dwight D. Eisenhower before he left office on January 17, 1961, warned the nation about the power of the military establishment and the arms industry. Okay, this is this is not conjured up. This is what he talked about. He warned the American nation. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. So that is just, that was like a ringing, here's a president warning you. There's money to be made by the arms industry. There are people. And so this could apply to the, the, the Vietnam War going forward, to all kinds of assassinations and plots overseas. Um, and and I, I think that that's something people should know about. Here's a, here's a cautionary tale. All right. So. Uh, some conspiracy theorists have argued that Kennedy planned to end the involvement of the United States in Vietnam and was therefore targeted by those who had an interest in sustained military conflict, including the Pentagon and defense contractors. Oh, dear, 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 dear. All right. So I'm not going to go on too much longer about this. Uh, I'm, some of you might be groaning already, but I just wish... I can actually sit down and have a real conversation about this with people. Like, I would like to know Mr. Oliver Rockslide. I would love to know his thoughts on this. Uh, Jason with an E, who already is, you know, debunked a million other conspiracy theories, I'd love to hear his opinion. Not necessarily to agree with it. I, I've, I've all of those people, all you regular listeners, regular Jason, normal Jason, whatever Jason he is, Tennessee Jake like to know his thoughts on this. Uh, the thing is, the more you look at history, the darker, the darker the picture you get, especially of the United States of America. And that's a scary thing to, to own up to that. But my God, you just have to look around and uh, do a little scratching beneath the shiny veneer and oh, oh really oh, ah, really oh no and that's just the start after that it's sheer horror Whew. okay all right so i guess we've uh, i've given you enough of a taste of a little variety here on the dixon james podcast that's the kind of thing we get it uh, snowed overnight <coughs> and uh, my son has just Grateful he's with us. Shoveled the driveway so my wife can get home safely. And, uh, yeah, we got snow again. First one of 2023 here in uh, Toronto. So I'm sitting inside Sal. Came in to warm it up. And uh, I'm looking around. And I'm making plans for the summer, for the fall, for a little travel, for trips here and there. Because I really need to get on. I think there's a sense of freedom and rejuvenation that I get from a trip. And right now I'm just starting to feel, you know, gosh, old and slow. Yesterday I had no energy. I had a toothache. Just got depressed. Oh, my God. You know, is this the end? Is this it? Am my days of having fun over? No. Tomorrow I will. Heading to the only tomorrow. But the only is just, you know, is just. A little thing, and it's it's good. It's a very it's a it's like keeping I don't know keeping the plate warm or no I can't what what's a good analogy there that it just keeps me going gives me gives me hope. I have fun there. I'll have a toke. I'll have a few beer. I'll have fun with friends. So it keeps you on the positive side. But I need I need some travel where I can get back into Sal and be heading down the highway and shouting out the top of my voice, yes, yes, and is that real? That affirmation, yes, 
I'm on the path. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm in control. That's what I need to feel. Not that I'm just victim to various ailments and things, but that, yeah, I've still got some life left in me. I still have some power. I can still do things. I need that. Scarborough Dude, signing out from Inside Cell. Um, is that good enough? <coughs> All right. Anything else you want to add? <coughs> no. All right. Good. Well, good to have you back. Take care. Bye for now. Bill Jackson was a poor old dub who joined the Docktown Poker Club, but cursed the day told him he would join. His money used to go like it had wings. If he held queens, someone had kings, and each night he would contribute all his coin. Then he said, I'm going to play him tight tonight. He said, to be no bobtail flushes make me bite, because when I gets in there, my hands will be a peach. Well, he played him tight, but lost his pile, and Bill got peevish after a while, so he rose, looked all around, and made this speech. He said, y'all see this brand new razor I had it sharpened just a day. Now I'm coming in there with my rules that you must follow when you play. Now keep your big bony hands on the table while you deal and please. And don't be slipping them aces down there uh, in between your knees. And don't be making all them funny signs like you're trying to tip off your hand just talking American, boy, American, so's I can understand. And don't be dealing off the bottom because, ooh, that's rough. Take five, five, then stop, that's enough. Now when you bet, put up the chips because I don't like it when you shy. Then if you get busted, go on out and get something. I'm going to be here by and by. Pass them cards for me to shuffle every time before your deals. Then if anything's wrong, I must see. Because I mean, you always ain't no luck. Keep playing that game according to Mr. Harley. You gonna play this game according to me. Sitting right there in that there clan, they chanced to be a one-eyed man, and Bill kept on watching him out of the corner of his eye. Because old one-eye would deal and then would cost that Bill another five or ten. Bill got up again, looked all around him with a sigh. He said, Lord, this is an awful shame. He said, there's someone cheating in this here game. He said, of course, uh, it ain't no do for me to name the guy. So I'll refrain from mentioning the party's name. If I catch him cheating just once again, I'm going to take my fist and close out of the eye. Now, do you see this brand new razor? I had it sharpened just the day. I'm coming in there with my own rules that you must follow when you play. Egghead, keep your hands up there while you giving them out, please. Stop putting them wildies down there between your knees. Stop making all them funny signs like you're trying to tip off your hand. Keep talking in American, big A, A, A. That's what I can understand. And don't be getting them off the bottom because I keep trying to tell you it's rough. This is the army game. Five, five, halt. That's enough. Now, when you bet, let me see the reds and blues, because I don't like it when you shy. Then if you run out of gas, go get pumped up. I'm going to be here by and by. Pass them pasteboards for me to shovel every time before you deal. Let me riffle. Anything wrong, I want to see. Because, I mean, you always ain't going to keep playing the game now, according to that Mr. Harley. You're all going to play this game according to me. Henry, if you break the seal on that new deck of bicycles, we'll go on from here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Welcome back. Well, I'm welcoming myself back. You've been here all along, perhaps. Uh, It is Blue Monday. That's the uh, third Monday in January. It is January 16th. And I'm in Thompson Park. I just uh, reversed my car. I sort of backed into a spot because there's still a bit of sunshine. It's uh, late in the afternoon, quarter to four. I'm uh, kind of behind schedule. That's because I didn't sleep much last night. I had a coffee in the afternoon, and I know, I mean, some might argue it's psychological only, but I don't know. I could not get to sleep, and so I got by on very little. Usually I sleep very well, soundly, and uh, I'm sort of fine the next day, although I'm still lazy, still, uh, you know. But I'm, I'm not having as many afternoon naps as I used to. But today I'm I'm just beat, so very low energy. But I thought I'd talk to you for a little bit uh, before heading off to what I'm supposed to do, and that's grocery shopping, so that when my wife 
Phones me at 5, I can say, well, if you go shopping, because she often does on a Monday, don't get orange juice, don't get bread, don't get milk, don't get eggs. I got all that stuff. Okay. And usually, we go to completely different stores. She She knows all the mainly Chinese grocery stores where she gets her vegetables uh, much cheaper and uh, sometimes fresher. Anyway, and things that she can't find in other places. All right, all right, all right. Just get that out of the way. So I've got nothing. I'm looking at notes. You know, lately I've been trying to uh, make notes on my phone. So I think, oh, yeah, yeah, don't forget to talk about that. Or, hey, you already talked about uh, all of this crap. I put a check mark beside that stuff. So what have we got? Um, no engagement on Dixon Jane's compared to the only cafe. All right. Well, we'll get that one out of the way. <laughs> I kind of like, you know, last time I posted, I was really pleased with my five uh, D's. That was on the last episode, and I uh, I did it for the beats. It, it may be I've already done that before, but people just don't respond. And I, and I know I don't hold anybody in particular. Oh, shut up, shut up, shut up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I just got to get my window up here. Um, I don't hold anybody in particular responsible. Oh, why doesn't this person write in? I don't hold any, I don't expect it from anybody. Um, but in the early days of podcasting, people did. You, you got comments. There weren't as many competing podcasts for time. So, you know, as usual, I'm grateful to have any listeners, but sometimes you think it would be nice if somebody just, you know, posted a comment about something or contacted you and, uh, or said, oh, I like, you know, I like the episode, whatever. Anyway, I know that that gets towards the whining category and I, I, I haven't whined for a long time and I'm not whining over this, just making that observation. And it's because Saturday night I was at the only cafe and this time, there were six of us. I will say John Meadows, the photographer. John has an, an acting gig this week. John is a man of many talents, as you all know, or those who know him know. Uh, the lovely Lisa. And then uh, Squid Pod Joel, some of you know through podcasting, uh, an early person in the uh, vinyl countdown days, back in the days when we used to meet uh, in the back room at the Imperial Pub Library, or the Imperial Pub uh, Bar, um, just off, you know, just off Young Street. You know the place. place that's been sold, and it's going to come down, and there'll be condos going up, right around George Brown College. A place where we often had meetups for um, PodCamp Toronto, and that would be the place to go. We'd take over the upstairs of that bar, and it was always such a blast. And, you know, since COVID, there's been very, very few of these kind of gatherings, a large number of people who are connected. And you you can eye another table. Oh, and all those people and join in. Everybody tries to get to the sofa section. I always plunk myself at the bar for starters and survey the room. But anyway, um, I know that's a, a tangent. Uh, Squid Pod Joel. And then uh, Mustard Mike from the very same Vinyl Countdown uh, gang. And uh, I believe, God, I'm going to get it wrong, Mary Anna. That doesn't that doesn't quite sound right. I know there's an Anna at the end. Mary, Mary Anna, no, that's, there's something close to that. Uh, who is uh, an important person at uh, the... Um, uh, podcast group network that they run, the Sonar Network. So there was the three of us, Lisa, John, and I, who always meet at the only and, and talk together. And then three, let's say, you know, outsiders in a way, people I know. And I wasn't sure how it was going to go, if the room was going to be split, if we'd all be sharing in conversations. And, excuse me. <clears throat> and let me tell you, What a fabulous night it was. It was really good. There was lots of conversation, some involving the entire table, all six of us. I I think we realized or agreed we we represented five generations in that group. Anyway, me being the boomer. Um, 
but it worked. And then fractured conversations, you know, different groups here and there, who was beside you, who was across from you. So it was just a night of engagement. And I guess that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at engagement. Gosh, I've talked, I talk about this a lot, but it's so important to really, I, I talk about sometimes engaging with strangers you meet on the street or on the subway or somewhere, but when it's also friends and you can have in-depth conversations, you can actually share and talk about things. Um, Squidpod Joel stayed late and we got into a lot of heavy political conversation, which is kind of what I wanted because he's been posting a lot online about his, you know, his political views, leaning hard left. And that was welcoming. And it was really good to feel how, to see how strongly he felt about things. So there was a lot of good conversation uh, along those lines and, and others as well about uh, podcasting and networks. And what was agreed, something that was wonderful that I thought came out of the night, was that we really should have a farewell party at the Imperial Pub for all the good times we had there. It's kind of a seedy-looking bar, if you know it. It's a classic, and it's just sad. It's like the closing of used bookshops or old bookstores. And this is another thing. The the, the number of bars that are going to be torn down in old buildings um, and replaced with something generic, if that, but nothing with character. And boy, the Imperial Pub has a lot of character. So... Um, the I, I had suggested we do it when we're doing PodCamp Toronto uh, because there's so many people be coming there anyway and we're always looking for a place to gather and drink. Why not make that the uh, the party place? So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, anyway, the, I, I think all I wanted to share was what a great evening catching up with friends and having an extended and wider-ranging conversation. Uh, the wonderful start for it was when we arrived. We got the front table again. I've talked about how important that Formica tabletop is with all the light that's coming in. And by as, as darkness came, Max came along and put two candles in old wine bottles on the table. And that was such a nice touch with little Christmas lights in the background. Absolutely beautiful, and then the street lights out the window. My God, it doesn't get better than that. It really doesn't. And boy, when you've had a, I stepped out for a toke. I had a gummy. Um, Squidbot Joel had a gummy. It's just, it's so rich. It's just so perfect. And I mean, and you're feeling that fully. It's not just let's meet in a bar and or let's meet and have a coffee. Let's just have a talk. But this this really really engaging conversations with uh, you know with with people you want to know better and and uh, and gosh it was absolutely wonderful and I think I mentioned last time as uh, from the last time I was here Lisa and, and uh, met the person behind the bar or the um, counter where they make the coffee. Uh, a woman called Talon, and met her again, and right away knew, and she's just got this intriguing face, and you get drawn right into it. And once again, we had that same energy exchange. It's 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 hard to describe, and of course, some of these things happen when you're high. You 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 just you tune in. You're at another level, and you really click. And we both had it, and we shared the same thing. I came up, I said, I, I don't remember the conversation last time. I just remember we connected. And she knew right away, you know, and, and we reconnected. It was it was wonderful. And I, I'm, I'm not talking in any weird, yeah, I'm talking in a weird way, the good weird way. Like, wow, here's another human being. It's just fun to have that little energy exchange. It's so important. We don't do that often enough. So, um... I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna stop it there, and I'm probably gonna finish this tomorrow. I got to do the grocery shopping. I got I got stuff to do. I got to use my head, but I wanted to do that little catch up about uh, the the joy, the fun, uh, the pleasure, and the importance of meeting up with people and having conversations. And I really feel, you know, I know I'm sounding possessive about it, but I feel hey. A lot of this is my doing. I, this is something I like to do. 
I arrange these gatherings. I contact the people. I, I say, hey, let's get together this night. And, and I'm just so glad we widened the circle that night. Having the front table, seating for six, we had it. Uh, oh, yeah, and I meant to say <laughs> a bonus, a way of starting off so nicely, especially for newcomers, was Max had set out a big a metal tub on the bar uh, with all kinds of cans of beer from um, local, you know, Ontario breweries, small bre- microbreweries, all companies. I, I couldn't keep track of them. And uh, $5 a can. You just reach in, you pick out the can you want. And so, wow, what a way to start. I mean, you got four beer into yourself for, for 20 bucks. That is a pretty good start. And, of course, we didn't stop there. But, man, oh, man, oh, man. That was nice. And they were they were some tasty beer. We all took turns trying different ones. I started off with a summer of love. Anyway, 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 fine, 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 fine time. And this is what life is made of. I guess I'm going on a bit. It wasn't just, oh, I went to the bar, met some friends, and drank beer and got high. Well, it was that. <laughs> but on top of that, it was the feeling of living life fully. Living life fully, fully engaged, fully content, fully enriched, all those things. You're not wasting time. You're doing something really worthwhile. And I know for a lot of people who don't go to bars or stay home and watch TV, that's fine too. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I've been doing a lot of that myself. Thank you. Um, but this is, I, I need this. This is, I feed on this. I thrive on this. And I'm grateful that I have enough friends that I can continue to do this with. So Scarborough Dude, signing out. Oh, I already put the bell away. My God. From uh, Thompson Park. Oh, yeah. I meant to mention, speaking of parks, yesterday I spent the whole afternoon at uh, Bluffers Park. It was a sunny day. It was warm. It was blue skies. Absolutely gorgeous day in the park. And I knew this is a day to walk. This is a day to get in some exercise, get your poles out and walk the length of the park. And all along that walk, which was a long walk, I stretched it out. There are benches where you can just sit and look out at the water, look out at the sun, take some pictures and just fully make the most of it. And it felt, it just felt so good. And I think it was after this was, so this was Sunday. This was after the Saturday night at the, uh, at the only, with no hangover whatsoever, because I choose the way beer carefully, to have an, an afternoon spent walking in the fresh air in the winter. Oh, my God, that was good. Lots of people out. And then came home, and uh, I barbecued lamb chops. And, oh, boy, lamb chops spiced just nicely are so good on the barbecue. So, uh, yeah, it was a great, 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 great weekend. Scarborough Dude signing out from... Uh, Thompson Park. I'll be back at you probably tomorrow. Bye for now. And we're off. Okay, welcome to the last clip. We've got about 12 minutes left here. i got to set the timer. Start. Um, here I am sitting in the... Uh, Ooh, there's a bird feeder hanging. Oh, I hope they got some food in it. That's next door. Sorry, I'm sitting in the uh, the road trek, looking out my windows. Uh, it's kind of a miserable day. Not a good day for a walk at all. But uh, happy to be sitting inside Sal. This is my little escape place, and it, it's always so cozy. But uh, you've heard that before. So listen, something I wanted to add. I was talking about how wonderful that walk was. Uh, when I was going through um, Bluffers Park the other day, and I forgot to include probably the most important part of it. The walk I do for the exercise, i got to be very careful, you know, watch my steps, especially where there's ice um, and anything that involves a hill or climbing. i got to figure, okay, my angle for going up and the angle for going down. So the, the walking isn't uh, pleasurable, but I'm glad to be able to do it and glad to be able to do it without a walker. But the key was I've got my old iPhone on and my entire music library from years ago set to shuffle. 
And I've talked about this before, but I cannot really express how fucking wonderful it is to hear your own music that you've collected over decades. So that ranges from like the Beatles to Brubeck to a lot of Ween in there to stuff I don't recognize to some classical to some jazz, some blues, everything. And you never know what's coming up when it's on shuffle. And it's always, wow. And there's always a tune or two that comes up that I think, I've never heard that before. And it's quite possible because I download whole albums, you know. Anyway, it just makes the walk so enjoyable. That's with or without a toke. It's just you're walking along and you're hearing suddenly a favorite Leonard Cohen piece comes on. Or maybe even a Leonard Cohen cover. And you're just, oh, God, this is good. And you're paying attention. You're hearing the lyrics because it's... You're, you're by yourself. You've got your earbuds in. It's quiet. Oh, man. So I needed to, to put that out there. It isn't just about the walk and getting the fresh air, which is all good, or being in a place as beautiful as uh, Bluffers Park on Lake Ontario here. But to be doing that with your absolute favorite music and taking great satisfaction in the fact that those are your tunes. It's not somebody else's playlist. It's not something somebody sold you. It's your library. It's like my book library. This is my music library. And it means a whole lot to me. And it makes me look back over my whole life with satisfaction. And the other point I wanted to make, and, you know, sometimes I know I just listened to previous clips and you go on, oh, some days are better than others. Some days you're tired, cranky, whatever, aches, pains. But I got to tell you, at the age of 74, I feel good. I just feel good, good about life, still living, still happy. And sometimes I think of maybe other people this age or just old people in general, just not having much spark left. But I look back at this weekend, that Saturday night at the only, the Sunday walk through Thompson. And now the luxury of sitting here in a vehicle that, you know, one day I'm already in the middle of talking about plans for uh, next summer's trip to Nova Scotia or next fall, who knows, coordinating all that with old friends. So anyway, things are good. So if 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 you're in your 50s or heading there and you're feeling old and, oh, my God, what's ahead? Hey, come on. I'm talking from further down the road, and life can be pretty fucking good, all right? Pretty fucking good. Just want to leave that with you, just in case. Now, speaking of time, January 27th, 1982, Lachine, Quebec. Lachine is the West Island suburb of Montreal. This is where my whole group of friends uh, who live out west came from, those of us who met at Lachine High and afterwards in Lachine, in and around, where our families raised us. Uh, This is where a good friend of mine, I'll leave his name out for now, just for, you know, no reason to or not to, um, sent me a letter. So I had sent him a letter at that time. I had sent him a letter from Lome, Togo. In January 82, he claims it only took two weeks to get there. This letter is addressed to me at St. Angela's Girls Grammar School, Box 13, Uzaroe, via Ochi, Bendel State, Nigeria. Okay, so there's the background. I'm just going to read you a little bit because what I have on my lap is a folder with these, uh, you know, these uh, little plastic clear sheets of a stack of letters from basically 80 to 84 from my friend in Vancouver who say who 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 I saved all of his of course that's why I'm holding on to this and he saved all of mine and that's why I was able to put two books out oh my god I've eaten up 6 minutes already so I just want to read a little bit to you because the idea is well I'll read and then I'll get on to it Bonjour, Ken. I mean, this is foolish. There are countless others I should be writing, but here I am penning yet another letter to my old buddy, Ken, sipping a beer from his front porch in Nigeria. Bet you're just daydreaming about that waitress from Ricardo's in Lome. 
You bastard! Exclamation mark. Just finished reading the fourth and last of the letters that were here when we arrived two days ago. Bloody cold. I mean, real brass monkey weather. About minus degree, 30 degrees centigrade and windy. Damn car froze up yesterday morning and had to call CAA for a jump. It's down at Canadian Tire having a block heater put on. We'll bundle up and walk down there later. Probably stop at the number 12 brasserie for a couple along the way. Then over to Deb's friend Claire, or Claire, where Debbie is heading right now. Still recovering from last night's booze. Old Baird can't take it anymore since his stomach problems and near ulcer last year. Started off about three at the number 12 and had three beer with Deb and Alex. Then home for supper with a stiff drink and a good camp coffee. Then down to Lescal, the old St. Prim Lounge, for a couple of quarts and watching the hockey game. Place has changed. All wood interior and still a neat place. They had Shum FM on, blasting while the game was on on the big screen. Only thing missing was some good smoke. Haven't had any since we left Mexico three weeks ago. The drive up from Florida was boring. Four days of brown scenery, then snow and cold. Worst winter in a hundred years, as 75% of the U.S. is covered in snow. It's minus 10 degrees centigrade now, but tomorrow it may rain. What a fucking place to live. Just had a chat with Harold in Vancouver. That's the Barstool Buddha. It's nice and mild there. Doesn't seem like much has changed in three months. Or at least he has no big news to report. Hope he sends my mail today. Also talk to Cousin Dave, and Deb and I will be driving to Ottawa on Friday to spend some time in his house. Still not sold due to high mortgage rates. Dave's still with the Department of National Defense, but don't know exactly what he does. Looking forward to the visit. It's been three years since we've had a beer together. Should be fun. Oh, yes. Answers to your questions. Yes, I've kept all your ramblings from Nigeria. When you are rich and a rich and famous author, I can have them published and then retire in luxury. All right, moving on. No, it wasn't Jupiter you saw near the crescent moon nearby in early December. That was Venus. It was in the evening sky from mid-October to late December. Deb and I saw it many, many nights in Mexico. An old friend along with the moon and stars. That last letter from Togo was a real blockbuster. What a great time it must have been. Thanks for the moments you spent writing down the happy times. It made my blood boil to hear of the women and young bare-breasted girls. Meet you there at Easter. Also great having some of the other Cusos, such as Brian, Mike, and Maureen, write a few words. Say hi and thanks if you see them again. Letter took only two weeks to get here from Lome, better than the three weeks from Nigeria. And look, if you aren't going to buy Philomena a beer, buy her one from me. Your standards are admirable. I would never have such self-control with young girls. Too bad that's all teachers that all te- the teachers don't have the respect for their students. Maybe someday, but no, too many people who just don't give a damn. Well, time to shove off. More later. And uh, I guess I'll stop it there. Um, He's just writing, and and it's shades of what it's like being back, visiting your mother in Lachine. Jeez, your suggestion for a fall camping trip to Nova Scotia sounds great. Now, that reference from 1982 is where we found the rock. I had written from Lome, from Togo, hey, let's let's drive to Nova Scotia in the fall when I get back because I want to see Canada. And uh, here he is making a reference to it. And who would know that sitting right beside me is a rock that we got from that trip 40 years ago. Isn't that something? (laughs) You see, maybe not. I guess this is what I'm getting at. Is this of any interest to anybody else? I was thinking I could find the matching letters that go with this letter. I I have the letters that precede this one. And then the next letter following, and then the next letter of his following, and then another letter to Chris, and another letter from Chris following. I have the whole sequence. I could map out all of 1980 to basically 82 
in in letters, in sequence, between three friends. And to me, of course, it's very interesting. But the question is, would it be of interest to anybody else? You're looking back in time. You're looking back at people's lives. Maybe it it wouldn't be. I was at the DT yesterday for Court Negroes. Now, anybody who knows the DT, the Dorval Tavern... Knew that's that's that was our love when we were young in Montreal. Go to the Dorval Tavern, order your quart of Molson, and a, and egg rolls, and it was just it was just a treat. Ah, okay. So anyway, that's it. Oh, the letter continues, January thirty first from Russell, Ontario, where uh, where Dave was. So the letters are written over time. Oh, my timer's just gone. Boys and girls, that's it. Scarbo, dude. <laughs> Signing off. Um, this is the end. So I hope um, I hope you'll come back next week. I'll have more thoughts on this. And if you have any thoughts, share them to me. Dixonjanes at gmail.com. Bye for now.